0: Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in depth coverage of the maze in blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Brent.
1: We're back on a Monday night, and Chris, lots of good stuff to talk about. Obviously, Michigan handled business in a big way on Saturday. We'll get into all that. Some pretty bad news uh, surrounding Ronnie Bell kind of looked that way on Saturday, and we did get confirmation today from Jim Harbaugh about his injury, so we'll talk more about that. But first, but first, we're excited, man. We are joined by sophomore standout running back, player of the week, 100-yard rusher, two-time touchdown score in the opener. Mr. Blake Corum is back again on the Wolverine welcome, Digest welcome. podcast. Blake, thanks for the time again, man.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you.
1: Well, let's let's start right there. I know Chris is going to get us going, yeah. but we just found out a little bit ago, Player of the Week. I don't know how much you guys really care about that, honestly, but it certainly must be a cool feeling, especially after the game and the performance you had on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an honor being a Player of the Week. Uh, there's a couple Players of the Week, so I'm one, uh, obviously, you know, Ronnie Bell, he has to be one. Uh, the amazing catch he had, two catches he had, and punt return. And then you have a hard hat of the week, which uh, they gave uh, to Bastardis, you know, our center. He did his thing this week. And then you had, obviously, Aiden and, and Dax. They did their thing on the defensive side. So, but it's an honor being up there with those guys, and uh, Coach uh, giving me the honor to be um player of the week. Well,
1: well-deserved. Chris, take it away. I know you got some stuff yeah. for Blake, and we'll get into his performance and everything that came with it. <laughs>
2: Well, Blake, so I don't even know if you're aware of these things, but I'm just going to kind of read off some of the, you know, some of the stats from Saturday. But, you know, obviously you led all players with 212 all-purpose yards. You had 111 yards on the ground. It was your first 100-yard rushing game, 79 yards in the return game, 22 yards receiving. And you were the first Michigan player, which I was surprised by this. You were the first Michigan player since 2016 to have a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in the same game since Khalid Hill did that back in 2016. (laughs) So, I mean, it was, it was an impressive outing for you. Um, I'm curious. I just want to know what was that, what was that first game? Like, what was that week one game? Like you got 109,000 plus Michigan stadium. You guys are back. What was it like?
0: Oh man, it was awesome. You know, that was my first experience, uh, you know, playing in a, in a stadium that's uh, packed to that capacity. Um, but, you know, it, it was just a good feeling being back out there with my guys, um, going to war with them after all the hard work we put in and spring ball in this off season, And so uh, it, it definitely felt good, um, you know, and uh, – Yeah, it just felt felt really good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's a good feeling with 109 screaming at you while you're going in the end zone. Uh, Speaking of that, I mean, you, you know, it it was a big day for you and you were making big plays all over the field. You made big plays on special teams, obviously, you know, from the receiving standpoint and rushing. What was it about Saturday that allowed you to be so successful?
0: You know, I couldn't have done none of it without, the you know, the guys. Uh, You know, the offensive linemen, they were real physical. Uh, that's something they, they took into the offseason. Like, we're going to be a physical offensive line. That's what they did. That's what Coach Moore has taught them to do. And uh, they applied it Saturday. So, you know, with the offensive line firing off the ball like that and, um, you know, Cade making the right reads, you know, and uh, then, you know, Coach Hart pre- preparing the running backs um, on, on what to read and what fronts and where, they, where it might hit at. Uh, they, they made my job really easy you know and so uh, i give it to those guys i give them the credit really um but yeah well
2: it lo- it looked pretty easy out there from where we were sitting <laughs> i mean it, the the crazy thing is and this is kind of like a little side note funny story but so we're up in the press box and you know it's it's my first time it's my first year <laughs> doing you know the games in the press box and you're supposed to be a little bit reserved and i was able to stay reserved i think until you took that first carry 18 yards and i, right, right. I did some sort of outburst and brandon looked at me and it was a little awkward. So you got me out of my seat. Um, <laughs> you, did, you did mention Mike Hart. And I'm curious, you know, what is it like? What was that first game like working with Mike Hart on the sidelines?
0: You know, uh, it was really good, you know, because um, all the all the work we put in uh, in the offseason, all the work we put in leading up to the game and studying they, their game plan, what well, blitzes they brought, it all paid off when we got into the field. Like we knew exactly what they are going to do, and that's what they did. And then, uh, you know, uh, during the game, if, If something went wrong or we saw something that we didn't see in film, right on the sideline he'll draw it up for you. And so uh, it it was a good feeling uh, having Coach Hart by our side and just uh, really leading the way for our, our Bs.
1: I want to I want to ask a little bit more about that. It obviously Hassan started the game, but then yeah, you kind of right. got hot. I mean, you popped the first, you know, your first run was 18 yards, and then it looked like coach Hart was kind of feeding the hot hand a little bit. And then at the end, you guys finished with 14 and 13 carries. I mean, you guys were both on the field contributing. I just wonder how often how constant is the communication between specifically you three, you, Hassan, and coach Hart about who's going to be in, you know, who's doing what, why is one guy going in? Like what what are those conversations like?
0: Well, I, I mean I feel like uh, you know, me and H two, we don't really think about that. Um we know we're gonna get the get a get our opportunities and we're here for each other at the end of the day. So I mean, if one guy's doing better than the other, hey, leave him in. He's gonna get tired. You know, you you can't play the whole game with just one running back. You know, you need a one two punch. And that's what H two and I are And then, you know, throwing Donovan in there. You know, he did his thing as well. So um, you know, I, I think we have a good running back room and uh I like the way coach Hart approached this first game, you know, he, he did give the high hand. Um but he also gave all of his opportunities. Yeah, I think it was, it was it was a great great thing he did.
1: And I wanted to ask one more thing. You said seeing fronts, uh you know where the run might hit. Right. I wonder how how often do you feel before the ball's even snap, like, oh, this one's about to work. I, I can tell something's good here. Or or the other, or the, or the flip side of it, like, oh, man, I don't I don't know if I'm going to have any space on this one. Like, how much are you seeing that before the snap?
0: Oh, I'm seeing it big time. You know, you usually be, uh, before the play, you don't want to guess where it's going to go. But you have a feeling like, all right, they're in a three down. Okay, we're running this play with the whoop. And then, you know, the, the blitz pickups. A lot of guys, you know, they can't hold the water, so they're going to show it. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know it, it's just, you know, the constant studying and what, what teams do and the way they approach the game, stuff like that, uh, it, it's helped a lot, you know, in, in the way I play my game.
2: Yeah. And, and one of the things you said during the off season that you were really working on was your patience as a runner. And I think that there was one run actually where I saw you literally stop in the backfield and just sort of examine what was in front of you. Uh, I'm curious what is that like when you're out there? I mean I, I would think as somebody watching you want to get through the line. Is it hard to be patient when you're trying to make those reads back there?
0: Um, you know sometimes you might want to take the first thing you see, but that might that might not be the, the correct read. so it's, it's really important to stay patient and you know as, a, as you can see, probably this last game you know probably there was probably a couple of runs where I wasn't as patient as I should have been but definitely last year you know I felt like I wasn't a patient runner at all. The first thing I saw I was taken. But uh, I could I could definitely feel this weekend um, that you know the work that I put in this off season and, and becoming more patient and really letting my uh, the blocks happen and, and, and reading the right reads uh, helped. I definitely feel like I can improve as always. You know I feel like I, I can always improve on something. And uh, but I definitely feel like uh, I was a more patient under this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean it I was- definitely translated on the field <laughs> for sure. It looked smooth all day.
1: I wanted to ask, you had the you had the 79, 80 yard, whatever it officially was, kick return as well. How how much different is running back versus kick return? I mean, it's similar, you know, you're looking for holes, you're looking for gaps, but but it's different I mean, you got like a 25 yard head start sometimes. I just wonder, you know, does it feel faster? Does it is it a completely different vibe than when you get a handoff in the backfield? Cause obviously you had success there as
0: well. Right, right. So that you know, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, when you when you're back there, you want to be patient. But, you know, they're coming, you know, all of them are coming. So, you know, <laughs> you're coming on your guys up front to get their blocks. And uh, usually I feel like when I'm on kick return, the first thing I see, I'm taking. Because you got to think, I'm coming full steam. You know, like you said, it, I get 20 yards. It's a, it's a build-up sprint, basically, you know. So I don't have time to be too, too patient. The first hole I see, I'm going to hit that thing. And, <laughs> you know, whatever happens after that happens, you know. And so um, Coach Jay he does he does a phenomenal job with the the special teams and uh you know the plan he draws up each week usually works and uh and that's that's what happened
1: and i wanted to ask that that the kick return is sometimes called like one of the most exciting plays in football i mean it's like you said it's all 11 coming everybody at one guy full head of steam does it feel more excitement more excited like you're back there you're waiting you settle under it and you just got I mean, you can see all 21 players basically in front of you on the whole field. That's different from a taking a handoff.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's an exciting feeling. You know, we, uh, they kicked it off to us first. And I can feel when I went back there, I was next to the student section, and I could feel it, and they were amping me up. I was. We thought you to- were
2: going to take it out no matter what. <laughs> we, that's what we thought. We were like, he's taking it no matter what.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was about to. I was about to. But, you know, I had to make a smart decision. It, it probably wasn't the best decision. I'd take it out right now. Yeah. Uh,
1: Real, um, real, real quick. One last thing on that. Do you? Is there a, is there kind of an unofficial rule? Like, I right, like if it's three or more yards deep, let's let's yeah, stay in know, there.
0: I, yeah, I usually keep my feet. If it's one yard into the end zone, I usually I'll take that thing out. But if, it, if it's beyond that, there's really there's no point, you know. Um, but um, yeah, you know, the second the second time they kicked it off, it was about one yard deep into the end zone. Now it was time to ride. <laughs> 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 yeah, so you know, I, being kid return, you know, you, you you see the whole field, and so uh, you know, I, I really like it back there. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and you know, you're close with Nakai Hill Green, former, yeah. you know, you guys were St. Francis teammates. He got my his number. first start, um, mm-hmm. had a solid outing. I think he had four or five tackles out yeah. there. I mean, can you just kind of talk about what it was like for you seeing Nakai get that first start as well?
0: You know, it was one of the moments that I'm like, yeah, my brother really out there doing his thing, and, and uh, cream always rises to the top. And so, um, you know, I've seen him put in a a bunch of work, like a bunch of work. He's always in the film. You know, he's always studying. He's always taking advantage of every opportunity. And so seeing him out there, you know, uh, do his thing, I was like, yeah. I I was really proud of uh, the way he performed. You know, I thought he did a wonderful job. I just can't wait to see, you know, he he keeps building and building and building.
1: Yeah. So I, I threw a couple comments up there. I wasn't trying to throw you off your answer or your game. I think you can right. see those too. But like, you know,
2: Blake for Heisman, I, right? for,
1: yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, I wanted to ask about that though. That's kind of why I did that leading into this question. There was a, a ton of praise for you after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blake for Heisman. I, what Hunter Dickinson say? He's the, he's the next Reggie Bush or something like that. College Reggie Bush. College yeah. Reggie Bush. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you mu- you must love that, especially another athlete like Hunter, um, and then all the fans just just heaping that on you. But I mean, you're a young guy; you got to stay humble. You got to stay in there. What what's that like? I mean, you see after the game, I'm sure your mentions are blowing up. You probably got a million text messages. Just how do you how do you stay grounded through all that? Because, like you said, you felt the excitement from the fans. You did have a big game. It's it's got to be it's got to be cool, but also kind of right, got to right. keep relaxed at the same time.
0: At the end, they haven't done nothing yet. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't accomplished anything. I haven't done anything, and so I mean, seeing those things are cool. You know, uh, you know, Hunter, that's my dog. <laughs> to right <laughs> but, um, you know, you just kind of push that to the side. I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate you know all the fans giving me praise and props and stuff like that. But I, at the end of the day, I haven't done anything. You know, I, I, mean, I haven't accomplished any of my goals yet. You know, but uh, it's it's definitely it's a good feeling. But I mean. You just gotta remain humble and, and keep striving to be the best, and so that's what that's what I do. Now it's week two. Now, all right, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do this week? We, last week's gone. You know, let's make a statement this week. Let's make a statement the week after that. You know, so you just leave that stuff in the past.
2: Now, I I am curious though. You know, I'm an old guy. Like I was saying, I'm 37 years old. I'm, I'm an old head. I'm curious after a game like that. is your phone just exploding left and right? I mean, your name's all (laughs) over social. I mean, do you got to turn it off? Do you have two different phones? Like a, like a private, like how
0: does that work? (laughs) Nah, yeah. Your phone just blows up all day, all night. Uh, (laughs) You got to put it on. Do not disturb. But, um, you
2: got guys like me saying, Blake, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to (laughs) you. Yeah, exactly. I
0: mean, a a lot of the things, you know, you, you can't check what everyone says. You know, everyone's trying to get at you. Uh, You know, I, I try to be a good guy and respond to, you know, a good amount of people, Um, but, you know, I can't respond to everyone, but um, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. But uh, like I said, you know, I haven't done anything yet. So yeah.
2: Humble, humble. Um, One of the things from the game that made a big splash on social media, the people that were watching it, JJ McCarthy, I mean, this kid goes out. He makes a throw across the field. You know, I saw people trying to – I don't know if it was trigonometry. I don't know what they were trying to do to figure (laughs) out how long the throw was. I think we settled on about 60 yards. I know it was impressive from our seat. It blew up on social media. You know, what were you guys thinking on the sideline? Did you see the play? Was it as impressive,
0: you know, from your vantage point? Did I see it? I took up a – I saw him sling that thing. (laughs) Uh, what was impressive to me was the stiff arm. I don't know if y'all caught that. You know, he had to get out of the tackle, yeah, yeah. Then he set his feet, he saw the receiver, he let that thing go. And uh, as soon as he let it go, and uh, Daylon took off, he scored. I just take off off the field, you know. <laughs> I, the, ref, the ref, ended up getting mad at me. He said, you ain't got <laughs> Get off the field, I hate my man, my man. but uh, you know, uh, JJ, he, he's good, you know, he's good at what he does, uh, he prepares well, and uh, I can't wait to see uh what type of future he holds, he's going to be bright. But, um, I mean, that's the work he puts in. So, I mean, what y'all saw, I mean, it's all the hard work and dedication he has to the game.
2: It's interesting. I saw. I, I noticed this um, during the game, and especially when I went back and watched you guys interact on the sideline. All through the offseason, we heard about chemistry and the brotherhood mm-hmm. and the bond that you guys had. And I, I, from a fan standpoint, I saw a lot of that on the sideline. I saw Cade McNamara come over and embrace J.J. McCarthy before he went in the game. Coach Harbaugh came over and did the same. You know, when Donovan Edwards was out there running the ball hard, you guys were all, you know, very supportive. Did you feel that during the game? Like, all that energy that that was building up through the spring and the summer and the fall, could you guys feel that in the game and on the sideline, that different feeling?
0: I feel like we don't have any energy vampires on our team. No one's sucking the blood out of us. And uh, we all want each other to win. And I definitely felt that, you know, we're brothers, you know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, you want your brother to do good. Whether you're in, whether you're cheering on, it doesn't even matter. You know, we just want to win. And uh, when when one person does good, we all do good, you know. And so... uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, the camaraderie we had and the chemistry that we that we have uh, definitely showed Saturday, you know, just now let's just keep going forward.
2: Yeah. And, and and speaking of brotherhood, this, I got one more question, Brandon. Speaking of brotherhood, obviously an unfortunate situation with Ronnie Bell. The news comes out today yeah. that, you know, he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. Um you know, I guess when you guys initially found out, you know, what, what's what's the vibe inside the locker room? What's what's kind of going through your guys' mind right now?
0: You know, everyone's tr- just making sure he keeps his head up. He's going to be back. He's going to be back stronger than ever, actually. Um, but, you know, when a guy like that goes down, uh, it sucks. But now it's time for guys to step up. I have faith in all the other receivers, you know, to step up. Um, but, you know, Ronnie's good. He's going to be good. Uh, he's a captain. He's going to continue to be a captain. And uh, whatever, you know, the surgery, everything's repairable. So uh, he's going to be good at the end of the day, and he's going to keep balling in the future. Uh, I mean, it sucks that it happened, but uh, as y'all, he was balling. He was about to have a hell of a year. Yeah. But, uh, a
2: ridiculous catch, that ridiculous sideline catch. Oh,
0: yeah, better than the little <laughs> catch. That it was up
1: there. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah
0: but, uh, you know, prayers up to uh, Ronnie. You know, I talked to him, but uh, he's in good spirits. Um, everything happens for a reason. And um, we might not know the reason at the end of the day, but, you know, he's going to be good.
1: I wanted to ask a little bit more about Ronnie. Coach Coach Harbaugh said something today at the availability that I I really liked. You know, he said the – because Coach Harbaugh had a a season-ending injury back in his day when he played, and he he used that to kind of – yeah, he used that to kind of talk to Ronnie about it. And he said uh, the best way to not get left out is to help out. And he said that Ronnie is like tailor-made for that kind of approach. I just wonder, you know, you're around him every day. You're in the locker room with him. What is it that makes him – you don't ever want to get hurt, but what is it that makes him suited for an injury, for an injury like this that he's going to be able to persevere and help out still?
0: I, I think it's just, you know, his mindset. Uh, he's a competitive guy. He wants to win. And even though he's not going to be able to, you know, be out there on the field with us playing – he's still going to be on the field with us at the same time, you know. He's going to be on the sideline coaching, cheering us up, you know, telling us, hey, do this, do this, woo-to-woo. Because, you know, he's been in the game. He's been in tough situations in games and stuff like that. And so, you know, Ronnie's just one of those guys, uh, he just wants to win. He's a competitor. And, um, you know, he's going to be able to handle this uh, adversity really good. And I can't wait to see, you know, how he comes back from uh, this injury. Yeah. Well, we're – Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. I
2: was I was just gonna say, Blake. I can see you're wearing you're rocking a, a BC two shirt. Yeah. Um, a, a new messaging there. Is there anything behind the messaging on the shirt?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have uh, some apparel dropping real soon. Uh, BC two. It's one of my new logos along with grind fit. Uh, The deuce is loose. Well, deuce, <laughs> not spelt like uh, the regular deuce. It's D U C E, which means leader. Um, so I'm definitely gonna have some apparel dropping real soon. So, you know, it's my NIL. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> the deuce is loose, man. I like that. The little deuce You got in the any questions the out
2: there from the people?
1: Yeah, there are a couple, actually. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind is, uh, you know, Blake got the touchdown score and started for the whole season on a catch. Uh, mm-hmm. And this person wanted to ask that you just look natural doing it. I don't remember – you, you can talk about this. I don't remember how often you did that at St. Francis. Uh, but how do you – you know, how often are you practicing routes? How comfortable do you feel as a receiver? And how much – you know, how do, how much do you work on that? How do you get better at that?
0: I mean, I feel like I'm an athlete. So, you know, I'm, I'm versatile in everything I do. Um, you know, I – Everything I do, I, I practice. So whether it be running the ball, I practice running and catching the ball, I practice catching. Just because I know I can move around. Wherever the coach needs me, I want to be available. So, uh, you know, I, I practice uh, catching all the time. You know, I catch off the jug machines, whether, whatever it may be. I practice uh, catching quite a bit. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see uh, how coach uses me from week in and week out.
1: I wanted to ask specifically on, on that re- touchdown reception, I'm sure the design was to get it out quick but it seemed like like Cade knew like as soon as the ball was snapped like oh this this is it I got to just get it over there as fast as I can. Sometimes you let those develop a little bit but when that that again the question I asked earlier before that ball was snapped did you feel like oh yeah th-
0: this this is about to work I can tell what they're in. Yeah you you could you could tell uh you know Cade one thing Cade does well Cade does a lot of things good but one thing he does really good is he he reads defenses. You know he puts in the time and effort uh, week in and week out. And so, from the jump, you could tell, even I could tell, you know, all right, he's throwing this thing to me. You know, <laughs> you know then I had to – really what set up that play was the receivers, Mikey still. Mm-hmm. um He went and cut block uh, the corner, and I, that, that left me with a one-on-one matchup. And, uh, you know. The
2: rest is history. You're going <laughs> to win that. You're going to win that. Yeah, I'm you that. can say it. You're going to win that matchup,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean – that was really the receivers. It it wasn't even me. They made like I said, they made my job easy. So that's credit to them.
1: That had to be a cool feeling. What what did what were you thinking? You know, we we talked about it at the beginning. Kind of the stadium's full again. You got almost one hundred and ten thousand. The first score of the year, and it's yeah. you. I mean, like I you know as a kid who grew up watching so much football and playing it as a kid i mean obviously never on that level i can't i can't fathom what that must have felt like what what it, what does that exact moment when you cross over the goal line feel like
0: man uh it was just priceless you know i didn't really even know what to think at the at the time you know i was just trying to enjoy the moment um you trying. had the little, you had the little high step into the end zone. Like the high step, <laughs> I threw a, a VA sign. Wrong <laughs> I'm always trying. Dude, to put- I was
2: going through the pictures, and I, it seemed like every picture I saw of, of Blake, he was never touching the ground. He was floating one way or yeah, another. Like something. his feet were never on the ground. It was insane.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was just, it was a good experience. Um, and I, I plan on having many more. But uh, you know, it, it was good.
1: And you mentioned, I was going to, I was going to ask about this. You mentioned that it looked like Blake was floating just about all day. The little half dive ninja tuck roll into the end zone on the 30 yard touchdown run. Is that uh, was that a, was that a style thing? Was that, I don't want to get hit at the goal line thing. Was that a, I mean, walk us through that, that finishing move over the goal line for the rushing touchdown.
0: Uh, you know, so I, I came through the hole, made the linebacker miss my lineman. Uh, I, I can't remember who, who who was. They made it up to the second level. I cut off his butt. I saw the safety coming. Um, I could have walked into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> I, you I mean, got to
2: add a little
0: something to it. At, right? the, at the end of the day, I could I could have uh could have walked into the end zone, but I figured I'd give it a little. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't really a, a jump It was a half jump.
1: It had a you know <laughs> what it had a slight. Marshawn Lynch vibe, but without the crotch grab. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what reminded me
0: of.
2: It's kind
1: of like I flop. Like, yeah, no, I thought that. I thought that was. I'm like, he did that on purpose. He didn't oh, need yeah.
0: to. Do that. I definitely could have walked in. Uh, that was him. great. He wasn't gonna touch me. But, um. That we that got is, dad
2: in the comments. Dad yeah. is in the comments. He's in the oh, house. Is he back? Is he back? back. <laughs> so Uh-oh. what was dad that like? Though. I mean, Blake, you, you, I'm guessing your family was at the game. Um, you know, you had the opportunity to get with I mean, what was their – you know, they must have been just through the roof with excitement for you once they got to see you first after the game.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I, I had a bunch of family there. You know, I had my, obviously my dad was there, obviously. You know, my mom, a couple of my sisters, my aunt, my uncle, my grandfather. You know, so uh I had I had a couple of them um at the game. And so what's good? There, pop, there goes that. Good, Shout good, <laughs> out to him. But um you know, it, it, it was a good experience. I can't really tell you uh how they felt, they have to tell you that. But uh I, it was probably just as excited as I was, if not even more. But um but yeah. Nice well, to have turn the
2: back in the stadium, probably. Yeah, sure. heck yeah, man. That's
1: that's one of the biggest things that we don't really talk about. I mean, these yeah. guys are, you know, Blake. What are you? What are you? 19,
0: 20 years old. I mean, you got yeah, your family yeah. there again. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a
1: that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. That you guys didn't have last year. Crazy
0: thing because like, you know, this was I dreamed of. You know, uh, coming out the entrance to a full stadium and stuff like that, and be able to live it out. You know, with my uh, my family and stuff like that. Uh, there's my aunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was there. She was actually in the, the, the touch the end zone I scored, and she was behind the goalposts. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was just a, it, was, it was an amazing experience because that's what, you know, me and my pops and my mom, we just always dreamed about. I can't wait until that day, and the day happened. Uh, and I can't wait for many more.
1: There you I
2: go. We'll you, t- I, would Im- I would imagine there's a lot of those little moments for yeah. you, as you as you're going through this process where it's like, oh, holy shit, oh, like I'm doing this thing.
0: Right, right, yeah, for sure. We'll turn it in the moment, but at the end of the day.
2: For sure. Turning the page a little bit.
1: We got a couple more minutes with you here, and we'll let you go. Uh, Looking at Washington now. I don't know how much you guys have got to see about them yet on a Monday, but they they really came out and – one of the bigger upsets of the of the opening week, they lost to Montana. Nobody really saw that coming. A lot of guys were asked about it today. I think Brad Hawkins kind of summed it up the best. He said, "We, I mean, we don't really care. Like that game has nothing to do with us, and it's still Washington. They still got talent." Um, I guess just you know, kind of echo that a little bit. What are you thinking as you prepare for them? And how much have you uh, how much have you got to see of them so far?
0: I, I've watched quite a bit of film on them so far, but um, I take that with a grain of salt. Anyone can lose any given week. You know, that's it's a game. Anybody can lose a game. Um, so I'm, I'm taking this with the same mindset as it would be anybody. You know what I'm saying? So, I, like I said, I take that with a grain of salt. I'm still going to approach the same. We're we're all going to approach the game the same way. Hey, um, I mean that's that. You know, we're, we're just going approach the same way. If it's, if, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So uh, we're going to study. We're going we're going to know what they do. And we're going to apply some pressure from Saturday.
1: And on top of that, Coach Harbaugh actually mentioned today at the availability that you guys worked on Washington a little bit in fall camp, yeah, kind of combined it with some of the stuff getting ready for Western. What was that balance like and how much did you work on what Washington's going to do? Like how comfortable are you feeling at the beginning of the week right now?
0: I feel pretty comfortable just from, uh, you know, like I said, we worked on it for a couple of days because uh, why wait, you know, while well, we might as well work on uh, some other teams while, while we can, but um, you know I feel pretty comfortable by but by the end of the week I feel real comfortable, um, and uh, I'll be prepared because when when you prepare that's when great things happen. So uh, I'm gonna prepare, and uh, that's that.
2: There you go,
1: Chris. Anything else before we get him out of here?
2: No, I just, you know, once again, appreciate you coming on, man. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure to watch you run out there. I love the, you know, the hard work mentality, the blue collar background. Like, it's just, you know, it's a joy to watch you do your thing out there. And, yeah, excited for what the rest of the season has in store for you.
0: I appreciate it. I can't wait for you.
1: Well, Blake, you keep scoring touchdowns and having Oh, actually, I wanted to ask one more thing. I just was going to say I you keep ask. scoring touchdowns and getting 100-yard games and everything. We're going to have and offensive player of the week. We're going to have to keep keep you coming back. <laughs> At the something. end of the game, towards the end of the game, you were sitting on 13 carries and 99 yards. They put you back in to get that to get that they
0: 100. Did. Didn't they? they did uh third <laughs> first say get 1 yard. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I ended up getting like uh i don't know maybe like 13. 12 yeah one eleven. It. yeah yep i came with sideline coach uh, i said get one <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know but, uh, it's all it's all funny games but um but
1: yeah well that's special man you got to remember yeah. that first hundred yard game and that's cool that they're paying attention because that's a big deal man i mean that goes in the record books forever that's going to be next to your name for the rest of time, so I think that I thought that was pretty. It was pretty obvious. I'm like, he ain't coming back in. I think Chris had started writing his article already, and they're like, "Damn, he just put Blake back in. I got to change my write up now." <laughs> so I'm like, you know, they had to, they had him get to that. They had to get him that hundred yards. So again, congrats on the success so far, Blake. Uh, you know, stay healthy, stay working, and uh, we'll we'll talk again soon.
0: Uh, for sure, I appreciate you guys. Uh, go blue.
1: All right, go take blue. care, Blake. All right, another great chat with Blake Corum. We had him on. He was one of. Was he the first? Now, he wasn't the first one who did the uh, football feud, or was he?
2: He was. He was the first. I think he was, yeah, because we didn't have it set up yet. And you know what the irony of it? He was the first, and he's at the bottom. Like yeah, I think okay. I think he's you know I think he's, he's still he's in here on.
1: listening to <laughs> I
2: think he's holding into that last spot. I don't know Blake if you're you know uh, if you want another crack at it shoot me a message we can try to do something. I think uh AJ Hennings up there, Roman Wilson's up there. Yeah, That's funny, the man. something tells me that Jordan Morant? That
1: who's who's at the, the top? Who's at the top?
2: Jordan Morant. Jordan, Jordan Morant, Morant
1: finished at the top. So there you go. He
2: did pretty well
1: awesome awesome stuff from blake and man it's really cool too chris because you and i both i mean had been talking all offseason. he was kind of our like breakout player on offense guy that we thought was going to get a lot of touches a lot of opportunities and we just really liked his skill set and that i mean that came to fruition in a big big way on saturday and uh i i mean i can't say i was surprised but i mean again he was he just he just does some things that that I don't know if every every other back on the roster can do. But it was it was a one two punch with him and Hassan again. They finished with fourteen and thirteen carries respectively. And then Donovan Edwards comes in and gets uh you know six or seven carries or whatever he had and was pretty successful as well. I, I know Jim Harbaugh said that today. He said he. Diamond didn't carry it as much as the other two, but he felt like he was right there, like about to break it a couple of times. I thought yeah. I felt the same way about Blake a couple of times. We saw Roman Wilson on the end of round was about to break a long one. Obviously, A.J. Henning did bl- break a long one. So they had a lot of big plays and a lot of close to big plays, and Jim Harbaugh mentioned that today. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was fun to watch. And obviously, when we have him on and we're talking to him and kind of getting to know him on a little bit of a level, it's it's just super cool to see him out there having success like that. So really, really cool for Blake and super pumped that he decided to come back and talk to us again. So appreciate that from Blake and his whole family in here, giving him support, just a a pretty cool thing. Pretty cool thing. All right, let's turn back, turn back the clock just a little bit on uh, Friday. I believe it was Friday afternoon. I made a few predictions, Chris. We talked about them a little bit. I went three for five. Uh, We did some over unders as well. We didn't do so hot on the over-unders, I don't think. I know we talked about like four, four and a half Um, tight end catches and three touchdown passes for Cade McNamara. We came up short on that. But the, the predictions that I had, Cade McNamara will throw at least three touchdown passes. He did not. He only had to throw the ball 11 times. I mean, you know, when you only throw it 11 times and two of them are for scores, then J.J. came in and got one. So it's almost like, you know, you put those two quarterbacks together for a whole game. I was kind of in there a little bit, but came up a little short there. I guess, talk about Cade real quick. We did that at rate when the game got over on Saturday. But what do you think, like, all right, Cade went nine for 11, 140 yards, two touchdowns, took care of the ball, really smart, really efficient, was actually the highest graded power five quarterback in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. What's he look like if he has to throw it 40 times this week?
2: That's the big question. And that's, that's where I'm sitting at. I mean, obviously when you go, was it nine for 11? I think it was, um, yep. you know, it, it's a solid day, but you're right. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't really pushed. He wasn't up against it. Um, and until you see him in that environment, it's it's kind of hard to tell what kind of quarterback Cade McNamara is. But for a week one performance, you really can't ask for more than what he did. He didn't turn the ball over. And that's something else that I think is interesting. You know, I I, I don't know what the stat is, but he's gone, you know, 80 consecutive throws or something like that without a turnover. And so, you know, even dating back to last year, he's. He's been a consistent type of guy, but we just haven't seen him in a position. Well, I guess unless you're going to count Rutgers where he had to take it to the next mm-hmm. level because he did. He came in on the road 17 down and he did take it to the next level. So we saw it against Rutgers. We saw some good things against Western. We just you know, we, we had a shot to see it against Penn State and the injury took that away from us. Um, so, you know, I think we'll learn a lot more about Cade next week, even though Washington isn't that good. They are they are a better team than Western Michigan. I believe or- that. At
1: least didn't look good in week one. I mean, I yeah, you know they're they're going on the road. It, it's one of those things. you see it a lot. all sports, all teams, you you there's the great, great teams don't do this, but a lot of teams play up and down to their opponent. It, it's it's very common across all all levels of sports, all all sports in general. And you kind of th- you kind of wonder, you know, how serious did Washington take a Montana for the season opener knowing they've got Michigan the next week. So I agree with Blake. I agree with the players we talked to today. That that's, you know, they probably could play 50 more times and Washington might win all 50. I mean that, you know, like Blake said, anybody can lose one game. So I think they still need to take that team very seriously. They have some NFL talent on that roster and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be gunning for Michigan, Whereas with, with Montana, they just weren't. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it. You see it all the time, like I said, across all sports. So really interested to see how that one plays out. All right. my second as, as a,
2: as a side, side note for that game, Giles Jackson was involved in the passing game, I think quite a bit. I think he had like five targets. So something okay. something to anticipate as a Michigan fan, if you're wondering, you know, what was Jackson's involvement going to be? He's going to get some looks on the offensive side.
1: Oh, there you have it. Aiden Hutchinson will record two sacks. I said he had one and it was a big one. It was a strip sack. Um, and he got a lot of pressure. He hit the quarterback quite a few times. He was in his face quite a bit, but again, this is, I talked about it last week. I said, those damn sacks, man. Every time I predict him, I come up a little short. It's a hard, it's a really hard stat to get. I remember we had a little media event one time with Chris Hutchinson, Aiden's dad, who I think finished his best season ever with 11 or 11 and a half sacks. And I remember, I think Aiden was a freshman at the time. Chris was telling us a story where Aiden was like, how the hell did you get 11 sacks in one season? Like, it's a really hard thing to get to double digit sacks or, you know, above 10 sacks and uh, you know, Aiden's on his way. He's got one. And I think, I do think that new position is going to be good for him. We talked about this on Saturday, Chris, the adjustments from Mike McDonald and how the pressure seemed to ramp up. I mean, it's Western, but it, you know, we were talking about how we were pretty uh, encouraged by what we saw.
2: Yeah, encouraged by the fact that the you know the first two drives for Western Michigan were over 10 plays both of them. Now I know the second drive it was either second or the first drive where there was that personal penalty, foul, yeah. you know, penalty that led to the touchdown, but Western Michigan was driving the ball. They were methodical. They were dictating the pace and and they were moving the ball at will uh, for those first two drives. And then you saw some of them adjustments or some Mike McDonald make some of the adjustments and and the defense locked him down for, you know, pretty much the remainder of the game. So, so that's the encouraging thing we saw. It it looked a little bit shaky initially. You and I were even talking about it up in the press box that, you know, we, we made a comment about the defense and how, you know, this is what everybody was going to be focusing on. The first two drives looked shaky. But once they settled in, there were some things that I saw that was definitely encouraging. Aiden Hutchinson was one of them, for sure.
1: Absolutely. Another one who was encouraging was Daxton Hill. I think he played 54 of his 57 snaps on the field was at nickel corner, pretty much covering uh, Corey Crooms, I believe, was the guy's name. Number four, the, the smaller slot, speedy wide receiver for Western. So Daxon Hill virtually played no safety. He was a nickel corner almost the entire game, and I asked Jim Harbaugh about that yesterday, and he, or today, and he kind of looked at me like I was dumb. Yeah, Dax is our nickel. I'm like, okay, well, he wasn't last year. He kind of <laughs> was. He played both last year, but it, it looks like – I mean, if they trust RJ Moten and he can hold that spot down back there alongside Brad Hawkins, yeah. it looks like Daxon Hill is pretty much a full-time cornerback at this point, and I predicted that he would get his hands on the ball. He broke up a pass. He did. I mean, he's just – I I really can't wait for him to like step in front of one and just have some open field to work with and see what he can do as an athlete. But he manages to be around the ball all the time. And, and I just he's just one of those guys. He's a ball hawk kind of guy. I'm sure when you grew up, man, you had some guys that you played sports with that were just like, damn, they're always making plays. They're always doing something. That's Dax Hill.
2: It's, it was me. I was, I was, him. You, That was, you. I was the guy. You, yeah. It was
1: yes. Like, that's one of those old things. Always like if you don't know man. anybody like that, you're the one. Yeah. That's it. All right. Okay. No, uh,
2: I, you know, when it comes to Daxton Hill, he's like, he's like a Ferrari that has, for me has been in the garage. Like I haven't seen, I haven't got to take yeah. it out yet and drive it fast. And like, I know he's super talented. I know he's capable of, of doing some great things. Um, But he just hasn't had like that monster breakout game where you're like, yeah, that's Daxton Hilt. That's the guy, you know, we were fighting so hard with Alabama to get. Um, And that's not to take away anything from his game. I think he's solid in what he does and he plays his role well. But I just like to see him take it to that next level and have one of those breakout games where you're like, okay, yeah, he is that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got the talent. He's got all the talent. He kind of floats around the field. He's not the biggest dude, but he he can hit. He can cover. He's super smart, super quick, can break on the ball. Great ball skills. I mean, I remember talking to his high school coaches when he was being recruited by Michigan, when he was committed the first time around before he had the little roller coaster towards the end there. And they said, it like, any position he wanted to play, he'd be maybe the best at the country at it. You know, wide receiver yep. running, you know, his brother, his brother's in the NFL as a running back. So it's in the, it's in the genes and, uh, and Dax has certainly got all the ability, but I'm with you, man. I mean, you know, you, you can't really point to like a huge splash play or a big, big breakout moment right. for him yet. And he's, you know, he's a junior now. So, you know, kind of waiting to see when that happens and what that looks like, but tons of ability, makes all the right plays, super smart, sound, assignment football. He was co-defensive player of the week, I believe, with Aiden Hutchinson. So obviously the coaches liked what he did, and he graded out extremely well. All right, my other prediction, Donovan Edwards will touch the ball at least five times. He did, came in late, just like we kind of talked about. You know, if Michigan gets up, you sit Blake down, you sit Hassan Hassan and you give the ball to the young, uh, the young freshman quite a few times. And, I mean, we I know we, we enjoyed watching him run that thing when he was in there.
2: He, I went back and, and watched the game uh, last night and I didn't realize how hard he was running. Like, I know he mm-hmm. was close to breaking a couple, but if you know, you hear people use the term like running angry or running violent, like that's what he was doing. Like, it was just he just looked like a big ball of anger out there, smashing anything that got in his way. And you could see that. I think what he's dealing with now is the same thing with what Blake was dealing with last year. is like wanting to hit that first hole and get through and maybe learning a little more patience. Mm-hmm. That'll let him use that athleticism a little bit better, but man, he was just, he was physical and he was popping some dudes on those runs.
1: He had a couple of those plays where he kind of twists and t- at the last second to get like a fish on a yeah. boat or something like yeah. squirting up for another yard or two, just always behind his pads. He's always played like that. I mean, that's how he put up video game numbers in high school, Um, but looked really good. I mean, Jim Harbaugh had really good things to say about him today as well. And uh, I mean, I think we're going to see him every game. I mean, I don't, I don't know obviously winning by as much as they did against Western gate was a prime opportunity to get him in there, JJ, some other young guys, but I feel like you need to give him a few touches every single week, regardless of the situation, regardless of the opponent. So we'll see how that looks against Washington. And last but not least, Michigan will cover the 17 point spread. They did. It was a little, I was a little leery about that one early on, but they pulled away and they doubled it up. Actually. They, they, you know, kind of blew them out at the end. I guess Michigan typically is viewed as a not very good team against the spread. And I think we talked about it, you know, a win by, you know, 10 or so would be like, Oh man, what are they doing? 15 to 19 would even still be like, I don't know. It should be better or 20 or more pretty pleased. I guess that's where we're at. Right. It's pretty obvious. They were, they were the far, far better team on Saturday.
2: Yeah. We were concerned about what, what that point spread was going to be and were they going to look as dominant as, you know, a Michigan football team should look week one against Western Michigan. Um, and even though it was a bit of a slow start again, once they settled in, they got their sea legs, uh, you know, they put a hurting on them and I know they gave up another touchdown there, but you know, at the end of the day, um, they controlled that game pretty much from start to finish and they shut down a team that likes to throw the ball all over the field. Um, you know, they, they gave, they didn't give up a lot of the big chunk plays. You didn't see them getting burned a lot. So overall, yeah, Encouraging week one performance for sure.
1: Caleb LB talented quarterback on, you know, on the radar for some, you know, for some NFL consideration had one of the worst games of his career. So, I mean, Michigan, far more talented, um, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, just about everywhere, but still you, you, you got to play the game and you got to take care of business. And they, they absolutely did. So here we go. I think in the
2: post game, uh, once I think in post game, LB referenced, you know, the, they didn't know where Aiden Hutchinson was going to be. And that was one of the things that was confusing him and throwing him off. They obviously didn't have a chance to study game film on Michigan, but he did reference the fact that they expected Hutchinson to be one place and he wasn't there. So you can kind of see McDonald's defense already sort of having a bit of an impact.
1: Mike McDonald, everybody. All right, segment. Here we go. Segment time. Damn. This guy. <laughs> This fucking guy.
2: Who is it? Who is so Darius it? Jefferson. We know who it is. What the hell is he doing? Do we have a picture of it? Oh, we should have had been, a picture of it. To that would have been clutch. If you want to talk yeah. for
1: a minute, I can probably get one going.
2: Well, I, I, I don't know how much there is to say, I mean, the dude I, apparently used to play for Michigan state. Uh, things weren't working out there in East Lansing. So he trans transfers to, uh, Kalamazoo. He's with Western Michigan now and, you know, scores a touchdown in the big house and obviously wants to celebrate. He's excited, but you strike the Paul Bunyan pose. I don't know. That was like, to me, that was cringy. It just, it was, it was a bad look and, uh, TFG man, total TFG.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, I think donovan people's jones commented on like oh you need some work on that form there bro um <laughs> somebody needs to tell him
2: he transferred
1: <laughs> yeah khalid hill that's what i said i'm like that's a weird like a weird flex like you don't you don't play there anymore what do you like why are you i don't know it was yeah. bizarre i remember as soon as he did it i was like okay well
2: i wasn't sure if that's what it was 100%. That's, how, that's how bizarre it was i wasn't sure like did he really just do that
1: 100%. All right, I'll throw th- this is the best I can do on last notice right there, but <laughs> for the people out there who are watching, for that? the people who are listening, Ladarius Jefferson Awful. doing a some sort of combination of Paul Bunyan and Gumby in Michigan's end zone
2: <laughs> in route to a 47-14 beatdown. in so. route
1: to a beat in route to a beatdown. So yeah, that was the good
2: for him down. though, man. That was probably good a moment He's going to remember that moment probably for the rest of his life, so.
1: We uh <laughs> we don't talk. We we don't talk about those ahead of time because we want to see if you know. We just want to leave everything wide open and see who we can come up with. And we both had the same guy. Honorable yeah. mention. This fucking guy, Brian Kelly, talking <laughs> about killing people. Cool, <laughs> cool. I heard him say it last night. I watched the game. Yeah. Had a little bit of action on the game. One, whatever. But uh, he came after the after the game and and had this this weird comment about executing his team. <laughs> And he said it was a, it was a, it was a paying homage to a joke that an old coach made. I, the coach's name is escaping me right now. Do you remember the guy's name? Nah, don't coach, the Buccaneers, Owen 14 back in the day, I think it was literally in the seventies. A, a reporter asked that coach, you know, what did you think? What did you think of the execution of your team? And he said, I'm for it. Like, that's funny. That's timely. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, smart answer. And then Brian Kelly tried to do the same type of thing. Only he brought up execution and it took him about five minutes to explain the (laughs) punchline. And oh, by the way, Brian, you won the game and eh, you kind of John McKay. There's a, thank you. One of our listeners and our viewers is paying attention. John McKay, old coach for the, uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh yeah. By the way, Brian Kelly, a kid died at your practice. Might not want to just might not want to do it on the, on the one extreme end though. People who thought he should be like, I don't know if anybody said fired. I think I did see some people saying he should be suspended or he should have to issue a form. I'm like, come on, man. He, it was a stupid thing to say. It wasn't funny and you just won. So how about you don't be a dick? Like that's basically all I saw.
2: We, we Well, we talked about that before we got on the air and I feel like, I, you know, I get wanting to like be respectful of people, but there's also people are allowed to say dumb yeah, things man, and they're allowed to deal. make mistakes. And it's like, I don't know. I just didn't see it as a big deal. I did. However, hear the comment live. and was like, <laughs> yeah. on my DVR, I rewound it. I was like, what? that was kind of weird. But so, yeah, it was one of those moments where you're right. Part of comedy, being good at comedy is good timing and good execution. And if he was trying to be funny, I mean, that's what he's guilty of. That was just not funny. And and it, it didn't come off well.
1: Yeah, it's just a just again. I don't think you can you can't set up your own joke and then also provide the punchline. That's not really how yeah. that works. But anyway, and he's whatever. another
2: one of those guys that I just don't like. So you know, I'm already I'm already going into the conversation you're, with a bit of a negative taste. So it doesn't. you 100 right. go, go in on Brian Kelly.
1: I think we've all got people that we know in our life that aren't funny, and when they try to be, it's like, ah, what are you doing, dude? Like yeah. just whatever your thing is, do that. Yeah. Brian Kelly, you're not funny. No one ever says anything about him being funny or having like a great personality. So don't just yell at people and turn red. That's, that's what you do. That's be good at that and, and pack it in and, and be happy with a pretty big win. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, Florida state is certainly on the upswing. They played a tough game, game and they red. were at home, you know, dope Campbell's an amazing venue. Uh, they came storming back. Great story with Mackenzie Milton, by the way, the quarterback who damn near lost his leg and then comes in and leads a comeback, but fell a little bit short. Notre Dame wins by three in overtime. Brian Kelly puts his foot in his mouth. All right, moving on to Ronnie Bell, man. Just a dude, son of I mean, just a horrible development. Horrible development. Ronnie Bell, before the season started, was described as maybe everyone's favorite player on the team. He's a fan favorite. You love his story, how he got to Michigan, how under-recruited he was, and how freaking good he is now, and then You know, makes an incredible like, you know, one-handed grab that I you just don't make. I mean, insane. Never even brought it into the rest of his body; just kept it away from his arm. Bogus offensive pass interference call on that play, so it doesn't count. But still, an amazing feat. The 76-yard touchdown pass uh, catch where he basically just walked into the end zone, and then a really nice punt return where he got hurt, hurt his knee. Been speculated that it's an ACL. Jim Harbaugh did not confirm that. He didn't say ACL, but he said out for the season with a knee injury sucks. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, you, you know, you, I texted you right away. I said, yo, this sucks. Get this story up. I just, I hate it. And I'm sure while you were writing it, you were feeling the same way.
2: Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's been a feeling I've had since the game on Saturday. I mean, you could mm-hmm. feel like it he was knew. Yeah, he, he knew everybody, there was just this, like, jovial atmosphere in the big house. Everybody was back. Everybody was happy. It was like, you know, everything was good and they were playing well and they were making some big plays and Ronnie was making some big plays. And then something like this happens and the energy in the big house, it just sucked everything out. Mm -hmm. You could tell, I just think it really speaks to how highly people think of Ronnie Bell. Um, Obviously he, he makes a big impact on this team and in the locker room with those guys and they care a great deal about him. And you know, I I do think we'll see him back, but I just can't imagine after going through the difficulties of a COVID year, the long off season of, of preparation for this season, the anticipation, and you get to the second quarter and you know, your year is done. I can't imagine what that feels like, but we obviously, you know, hope for a speedy recovery and want to see him back wearing the winged helmet.
1: Yeah. I mean, you'd think too. I mean, you know, really good player. I he's got to come back, right? I don't really know if he has another option. I mean, he's, I don't know. I don't know what his what his NFL grade looks like based on what he's done so far. I think this year was primed to be his best year. It was starting off that way. I mean, look at what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it was starting off that way. He was a captain, a leader, a senior, was really poised to have a big year. And now he's done. And he, you know, the COVID year last year didn't really count. Plus, I assume he could probably do a medical for this year. He only played two quarters of football. So you you know, coming back is gonna be an option for him, and I think it's probably the most likely option. And he's you know, Ronnie Bell is kind of the the epitome of a dude coming back and and improving on whatever draft stock he might have. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. Every situation is different for every guy. You let them, you know, go through the process and figure out what works for them and do the best for them and their family. But certainly, Michigan fans and the rest of the, the rest of the team would love to have him back for another season. Because yeah, he was he was ready for a monster year, and he's a leader in that room, and he's bringing those other guys along. It's just a It's just a bummer, man. I talked about it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh talked about it today, you know, what he expects Ronnie to do as a leader and a captain still. I asked Blake about it a little bit, and, you know, it seems like he's going to shine in that role too, but obviously not having him on the field sucks in in the worst way. So yeah,
2: it's just, I mean, it's just awful. Like there's no other way to, there's no other way to look at it. You just really hate to see it for anybody. Um, obviously you don't want anybody to get injured, but you know, for, for a guy like that, who was coming into a season where this was probably going to put him on the map, he was off to a hot start. And if he carried that momentum through the season, he's easily a draft pick, you know, at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think he's, he's got to come back and Man, what a story that's going to be if you see him back out on the field doing his thing.
1: Yep, no doubt about it. All right, we are going to wrap up with our, I don't know, favorite. I don't know if it's favorite. We don't know if we have favorite seg- favorite segments yet, but this is a good one. It's back and forth. It keeps us, warm. It keeps keeps us warm. warm. It's burning questions. Ooh. You can hear the fire crackling back there. It's hot <laughs> in here. You want to start? You want me to start? Uh, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? I'll lead us off. Chris Breiler, will Giles Jackson score a touchdown next week?
2: No. As a matter of fact, um, I believe that he was – they targeted him on fourth down to keep the chains going against Montana. I think he dropped the ball, um, that essentially ended the game for for uh, Washington. Um, I just think I think Michigan's going to be up for this game, man. I think it's home, it's a maze out, it's at night. Washington right now is injured. They're you know they're teeter tottering, and I think Michigan is just they're going to they're coming in there to eat. I don't think he has a very productive day at all.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say no too. I'm going to say he he's kept out of the end zone. I think Michigan's defense is—they showed me something with the adjustments they made. I like that. It, yes, it was Western. I expect Washington to be better, but I mean they they couldn't score against Montana. I just really have some questions about how yeah. good that that offense is for Washington. I think it's 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 a combination of both things. I think Michigan's defense showed me a little something. And I think Washington's offense showed me a little something. So I'll say no as well. Giles Jackson does not score against his former team.
2: There we go. Zero for zero. Uh, Brandon, Mm -hmm. we saw over the weekend some top teams go down, right? North Carolina goes down. Washington obviously struggles against Montana. Clemson struggles big time against Georgia. I'm curious, is Michigan a top 25 team?
1: I'm saying no for one more week. I'm saying no for one more week. I mean, I think I'm not going to pound the table in either direction. I think I'll put it that way. If somebody wants to vote them in, you know, no, you know what? No, I don't, you know, coming off a two and four and there's still a lot of question marks and they beat up on a Mac team. No, they're not. They're just not. I think if they win next week and it's even remotely, um, you know, uh, impressive, you know, one-sided at all, then yes, you, you can start to put them in there in the twenties somewhere, probably two and zero, a couple big wins at home by a lot of points. Yes, but right now, no. I just not after two and four, and not after a very expected win over a Western Michigan team.
2: Yeah, I, I think they do slip in. I think they slip in because it was a it was a convincing win. They had you know they had a couple of guys that were making some noise on social media. People were paying attention to what was going on in Michigan, and you had some of the top guys slip, and even some of the top ranked teams didn't have very convincing wins over the weekend. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan sneak into the top twenty-five, somewhere between twenty and twenty-five. But I think they'll be in there.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we just had a we just had a guy on that. Uh is going to factor into this question Chris. It ended up being pretty much 50-50. It was 14 carries for Blake Coram, 13 for Hassan Haskins. Who is your starting running back week 2? Is this a no-brainer for you at this point?
2: It's, it's always Blake Coram. Like I'm uh, Blake Corm is the guy that we, I think we say this every time we talk about him. I want the ball in his hands as often as possible, but I do like Hassan Haskins in certain situations. I like him in short yardage. I like him near the goal line. I think you could do some interesting stuff with the both of them, but, you know, for me, especially based on what I saw on Saturday, he's just, you got to get the ball in his hands. He's hes too dynamic of a player not to.
1: I'm with you. I tweeted it out. It is I can't stress this enough. It has nothing to do with really with Hassan Haskins. I just love running backs like Blake Coram. Home run threats, super shifty, super quick. He's got some power, he can catch it. I mean, you know, grab 100 Michigan fans and say, give me Blake Coram's weakness and watch him look look dumbfounded because I don't think he has one. And Hassan Haskins doesn't really have a weakness either, but he's not as fast, he's not as shifty. You could probably make an argument he's a little more powerful than Blake Corum, but I, man, Blake Corum is a little ball of muscle and he is low to the ground and he is powerful. So, you know, the, like you said, if if Hassan Haskins is your short yardage back because he's bigger, stronger has that forward lean, I don't think Blake Corum's getting blown backwards very much either. And so I just don't think, I don't know, man, it's a great problem to have. I mean, I'll say that you've got two really good backs that you can play in both and they were both effective. But for me, I'm putting Blake Corham out there as much as humanly possible.
2: Yeah, and, and I think he he spoke to it a little bit when we had him on. He's like, you know, you're going to get tired. If you're doing what yeah. you're supposed to do out there, you're going to need a breather. So it, it's not like you're going to have two guys sitting on the sidelines the whole time, but if I it, if it's a decision of who's going to get the bulk of the carries, it's Blake Corham all day.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I saw someone say, what might have been Doug Karsh. Was it Doug Karsh on the radio today? I was driving – to the availability and i heard him say or maybe it was a caller and now i see a uh, uh a commenter saying that he's like a poor man's jk dobbins right now he he yeah. runs like him he's built like him he's fast he's got power he's shifty can catch it i mean he's a he's basic i know he played some last year but he's basically a game into his his substantial career i mean where he's yeah. going to be on the field a lot and in a regular part of the rotation i like that i like that comparison a lot they, they're they're very similar
2: All right, Brandon, obviously with the tough news, uh, Ronnie Bell going down, it's unfortunate, but Michigan does have a fairly loaded wide receiver room. They've got a lot of athletes uh, in that group. So I'm curious, who do you think is going to be the wide receiver that steps up the most to soften the blow of losing Ronnie Bell? That was
1: the next question I was going to ask. I I was a little more specific, so I'll add it to it, and we can just tackle it together. Who's going to end up leading the team in receptions now? Because I think that would have been Ronnie Bell. Um I think the most obvious choice is Cornelius Johnson because he's the other starter. He's the other guy that's gonna be in there a lot. He had a pretty solid year last year, seemed to have a good rapport with Blake, uh with Kate McNamara. And he's a good combination of a little bit of everything. He's bigger, he's got good speed, he can jump, he's got strong hands, he's good after the catch. I think he's gonna be on the field just about every play. Um, you know, he just doesn't come off the field very much, especially now with Ronnie out. But the immediate kind of positional replacement for him was Roman Wilson. So he, I guess, depending on how you answer our question, is it leading the team in receptions or is it who's the next one to step up? I think step up is Roman Wilson. I think leading the team in catches is Cornelius Johnson.
2: Yeah, that's what I meant. Who sort of steps in and fills the void? Um, You know, I would assume – I don't know if it's going to be one guy. I think it's going to be a collection of A.J. Henning, Roman Wilson, um, and Mike Sainer still. Maybe those three guys taking up the bulk of what they're going to be missing from Ronnie Bell um, because they – those guys, to me, represent that home run threat where, you know, you can get them the ball in the flat like you could Ronnie Bell, or you can get them the ball on a slant and let them sort of use their athleticism to get down the field. So they've got plenty of weapons, um, but I do think probably Roman Wilson would be the guy to fill that void, although he didn't have a single reception week one, which I was surprised. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I... Uh... They've got a lot of options. It's just yeah. like we said before the season started: a lot of options, versatile talent, fast, not very proven. And the the, the now, only thing
2: I, the only thing I don't like is what happened in the in the punt return game once Ronnie went down. You know, to me, it was like they. And, and did you get an answer on that today? So Jim Harbaugh
1: talked about that at okay. length today. So, so heading into the game, obviously, you're never counting on Ronnie Bell getting hurt. He was he was by far the number one option there, the best hands good at returning, slippery, tough to bring down all the things we talked about leading up to the game. And then when he goes down, they want to put their next sure-handed guy back there. That was Caden Colesar But Jim Harbaugh said, unfortunately, Caden Colisar is like one of our best gunners. He's one of our best hold-up guys. He's one of our best punt blockers. So yeah. if you put him back there, you kind of remove all of the good things that he does. I think, I don't know if it'll be this week because it's a quick turnaround, but eventually you see Caden Colisar back up towards the front on the line blocking holding guys up maybe rushing the punter and you're going to see aj Henning back deep i think that's what we will end up seeing more dynamic more more speed back there but aj talked about that today too he said it's hard man fielding punts is hard and i'm still working on it and i'm still getting better at it so i think eventually he's the guy he's your threat back there but job number one is catching the ball and if that's Colsar right now then that that's who's back there. So yeah, that's yeah. something for Jay Harbaugh to, for, to figure out and work on this week. So I'm, I'm interested to see if they'll get that figured out in week two, or if it's, it's a work in progress before we see AJ heading back there. Cause I think we will, I think before yeah. the season's over, he'll be the full-time punt returner.
2: How do you want to go to the next question? Since we knocked the two out at the same yeah, time, do I have
1: how much time do I have three? I have two left. What do you have left?
2: I got three left. So I'll take it. You go um, ahead. Yep. All right. JJ McCarthy, incredible <laughs> pass, throw across the field. Um, It turned out, you know, it worked. It worked in Michigan's favor, Um, but it was against Western Michigan. And, you know, you look at some of the bigger boys, you know, once you get to the Michigan States or the Penn States or even Ohio State, a throw like that probably isn't going to be the best. So my question to you is that throw, that cross field throw by J.J. McCarthy, love it or hate it?
1: I love it at the time. Just let, let the kid cook, man. Let him spin let it. Let him rip. throw it around. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. You're right. And if you watched that Florida State-Notre Dame game last night, you saw what an elite safety does with throws. Like yep. that. Kyle Hamilton was all over the field. He had two picks. That's the kind of stuff you happen when you throw a moon ball, you know, 60 yards across the field. It was awesome. It was beautiful to see. And you get Dalen Baldwin involved as well. He catches it and runs for a score. You know, that is part of what makes J.J. J.J. He's a gunslinger. He You, you see the – the clips all off season with the three sixty jump passes and stuff he's practicing. I mean, that's in his DNA. Coach Harbaugh talked about it after the game. They don't want to coach that out of him, but as a quarterback, I guarantee Jim Harbaugh was like, Oh, don't do that, and then it and then it worked. <laughs> yeah. And it looks amazing and it's all over social media and it blows up. I mean, yeah, I love it. Michigan's up big, the kid's in there, he's spinning it, let him spin it. But you 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 know, You can't you most times cannot do that against, you know, a good team or an elite safety or a guy with a ton of range or speed back. Like he doesn't want to do that against his own teammates. I don't you know what I'm saying in practice. And we heard about some of that during the spring and during the offseason that he he was making a few mistakes here and there and he wasn't quite ready. But the talent, the arm talents there. Blake mentioned the stiff arm, the mobility getting away, setting his feet. He took it on the chin, and he throws a rope sixty yards down the field and they score a touchdown on it. So Long answer to a short answer. I love it, but be careful, young man.
2: Be careful. Same boat, same boat. It's like when I watch my son do something he shouldn't do, <laughs> yeah. but he does what it well. And I'm like, I'm like, all you know right. what? Like, all right, that was cool. Just don't do it again, you know? And yeah. that's kind of where – and that's maybe not entirely accurate because you're right, and and Harbaugh spoke to it, that it is part of, you know, J.J.'s DNA and what makes him him. And so, you know, if he's got that ability and that type of confidence, uh, I just – we haven't seen that at the University of Michigan in such a long time. Like, I feel like we've had guys like Cade McNamara here doing – what they do, but we haven't had a guy like JJ McCarthy who, you know, will go out and sling the ball across the field and, and just has that kind of. There's just something different. He's wired a little bit different, man. And so, yeah, I loved it. Um, I do wonder though how uh, how productive it's going to be against some of the bigger teams.
1: So that's a perfect segue into my next question, and I'm going to present it to you without any facial expressions or opinions.
0: <laughs> Are you ready? I need you to look I'm at ready. this one
1: does Michigan have a quarterback controversy?
2: No. No, Michigan does not have a a quarterback controversy. They have – two, three solid quarterbacks that they can, they can use if need be Um, you know, we've seen starting quarterbacks go down, get injured. and, And if something were to happen to Kate or if something were to happen to JJ, they've got guys that can come in and be good enough to keep Michigan on track to where they're going or where they hope to get. So, no, I don't think there's a controversy, but I will say, I'll go back to a conversation we had I think before the season even started. I do not think JJ McCarthy will sit on the bench for two years. So regardless of what happens with Cade McNamara this year, you know, if he is not I'm talking like elite elite impressive, this is going to be JJ's deal next year.
1: I'm with you. I don't think there is a controversy. I I saw it floated. I was. I actually thought it was interesting because I think there are some people firmly in the JJ camp, and I mean, you were pretty. You were a pretty big advocate for. You know, if there's going to be some growing pains this year, if you're not going to win the Big Ten, if you just put the young guy out there, let him get confident, let him get a year under him, so that next year he's the man yeah. and he's ready to roll. I don't know if you're backing off of that stance now after seeing how efficient. No, I'm, I'm still was. There. Okay, I'm still well there, there you go. So I think I saw people- I saw
2: enough to where I I liked enough of what I saw from him to where I, if, if if that's the way he's going to play I would love watching JJ out there all day on Saturday.
1: I think some people are thinking like cool, Cade okay, 9 for 11, I like get get the young buck in there, man. Get him in there. Who care I mean, who cares? Let him in there. He he obviously has something. He has the it factor, the like we said, the DNA, the gunslinger mentality, all the clichés you hear about the quarterbacks who kind of you know, fly by the seat of their pants a little bit, but it's fun. It's fun, yeah. and he's talented, and he's more mobile. And I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think so. I think you. I think Cade's the guy right now. If he is the best guy, and he was the best guy all the way through camp, then that's who you play. That's the who. Yeah. That's who you can win with more right now. But. I mean, that, that question, that throw makes you, makes you go
2: a little bit. I do want to say, say, though, while Yahoo's like you and I talk about, is there a controversy, who should be starting? I thought it was awesome to see Cade come over to JJ before he went in and kind of hug him and sort of, you know, I don't know what he said to him, but I, I just think – you know, like it's those little things that I just think there's something different in this team, and I think you know Blake spoke to it that you know if Ronnie goes down, we've got other guys. Like we're all playing for each other here, and and we don't. What did he say? We don't have any energy vampires or something yeah. like that sucking. Like somebody energy said out.
1: that earlier this offseason. Yeah, but yeah, it's a yeah. Good ter- or no. I think that was a basketball thing. I think John Howard and the basketball player okay. said that before. Well, that
2: was an interesting statement from Blake, and it, j- it just goes to show that um, you know they've they've got something special on this team. I don't know if it's going to translate talent-wise and wins and losses, but they have got something special in the locker room, and it's really nice to see that. I
1: just got word of exactly what Cade McNamara said to J.J. before he went. What well, was it? We
2: went out, huh?
1: <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. They were ready to go. All right. I think this is my last one. Is this my last one? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Washington loses to Montana. I don't think I ever asked this question to you before, but I'm going to ask it now to kind of bring it full circle and combine it together. We might have the same
2: question here, just so you know.
1: Okay. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Before last week, What was your worry number on Washington, 1 through 10, and what is it now?
2: All right, so we're going to parlay because my question to you is, does the loss uh, to Montana Saturday make you less nervous or more nervous? Same
1: type of thing, yeah. Yeah,
2: same type of question. Uh, For me, uh, I am – I'm more nervous because as a Michigan fan, as a Michigan fan, I feel like you kind of get conditioned to – you feel like you're going to be snake bit. Like, I feel like this is a game based on what happened last week, and this is a game Michigan should win. It's in the big house. It's a night game. It's a maze out. You know, they they showed some really good things week one. Um, But I think Washington's going to come to Ann Arbor really pissed off. You know, they've been the butt of a lot of jokes um, over the last couple days, and I think they're going to want to show that, you know, they're a legit top-20 team. And so I think the loss actually makes me a little bit more concerned for Saturday.
1: That's interesting. I didn't think you would go there because for me – I just I don't know how a solid, talented team can lose to a team like that. Yeah. now granted, I don't know anything about Montana. I didn't watch that game. I saw some some cut ups of it afterwards. Obviously, saw the final score, saw that they lost. So I don't really know what what Montana brought to the table. But to me, that's like that's like a roll out of bed and win game. Like you, that's an FCS. You paid them a bunch of money to come to your stadium and beat up on them, and you lose. That's just not supposed yeah. to happen. Um, so I guess if I was going to do the quantifying thing and put a number on it, I was probably at like a 7 worry before the, before last week, and now I think I'm at like a 6. I think it went down for me a little bit. I just don't think Washington's as good as I expected them to be. I had heard about their defense. Now, they did lose, I think, their best defensive player yeah. before the season started. It's been a while now. But, I, again, I just don't know how a team that's supposed to be pretty good and was viewed as a dark horse competitor uh, in the Pac-12 and a, you know, a top-20 team loses that game i don't know how you do that at home i don't know so to me they're they're just they're not as good as i thought they were going to be and now i yeah. think michigan could and should win that game and they're i think michigan's a six point favorite i think the line came out today at six or six and a half um you know coming all the way from the west the west coast to michigan to play that's tough i Yeah. I I mean, I'm still a little bit concerned. I still think it's a huge game. It's a fork in the road game. It's going to dictate what happens, but I'm not as worried about them as I was last week. I don't think they're as good as I thought they were going to be.
2: All right. I got got a question for you because we have we spent all offseason talking about this is the fork in the road game. This is, you know, we kept pointing to this game. Does that loss? last weekend does that take some of the shine off of this or does it does it still have the same type of impact on the remainder of the season that we thought it was going to have beforehand
1: i think it takes a tad bit of the shine off because now instead washington being like 17th or 18th in the country they're going to be unranked it's just gonna you know on the surface it's not going to look like that big of a game too unranked well maybe michigan's ranked i don't know we'll see but possibly two unranked teams playing now instead of two ranked teams playing. If that, if that is how it plays out. But anyway,
2: I mean, do you view view the pendulum? If they get the win, are you still leaning more towards nine now? Like, is it, is it going to shift anything for you based on what happened?
1: And then Indiana goes out and gets an ass whooped by by Iowa. That was, that was another loss that I saw for Michigan that I just wasn't sure about because how it looked last year, Indiana wins by 17. It wasn't really that close. I mean, it was on the road, it, yeah, I still think it's a big pendulum game. I still think what they do against Washington on Saturday will determine <coughs> Excuse me. What they do moving forward and what that that win total looks like. I think it's I still think it's a huge game. I still think well, Washington has talent. I still think they're going to be better than Western Michigan, even like I said, I think if they played Montana 50 more times, they'd win 50 of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know what and I mean? That's, that's why I'm concerned about it is because I do think it's so – It was just a so third of a day. They, right. It was just – it was one of those things, and that's why I'm concerned about it because it just it, – it was so – insane and it shouldn't have happened that i i just think they're going to be better than a lot of people think they're going to be this coming weekend i think we're going to be in for a good game um but you know the other thing we had michigan losing wisconsin i think both of us had michigan losing that game penn state goes up to madison and takes care of business there and so you know i i don't know i do i don't feel as confident about i still feel confident about the nine wins but i don't feel as confident anymore that that Washington is the fork in the road game. I don't know that a win against Washington, if they look, if they stink as much as they did last weekend is really going to tell anybody much of anything. I mean, if yeah. they're that bad, you're not going to learn much more than you learned against Western. It
1: actually makes me want to jump off here and do a little homework about that game and what happened, kind of how it played out, yeah. what Washington did and didn't do and what kind of team Montana is. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know that much about them. Even after the game, I saw the score a couple highlights and that was about it. So Full disclosure, I'm not an expert on it yet. We'll continue to work on that as the week goes along. We'll have somebody stop by and talk with us about Washington. But, yeah, that, I mean, man, if those weren't some burning questions, man, I don't know what is. I don't uh, know what is. Burning questions. (laughs) Faded out right there. Well. Great show. What a great show. We're an hour and 14 minutes in. Really want to thank Blake Corum again for stopping by. If any of his family's in here still, man, what a what a proud bunch of bunch of folks you are right now after watching him do that on Saturday. It was awesome for us to see. And again, you know, as we have these guys on, you get to know them a little bit, and it's cool to see them succeed. And obviously, we wanted Michigan to to show some things, and they did. They did. They wanted to run the ball. They did. We wanted to see if that defense would adjust and do some things differently. They certainly did. Again, Western Michigan. We'll see. I mean, but I think you know they. Western Michigan was was supposed to have a pretty good offense, and they, Michigan, handled them. I mean, yeah. after that first touchdown drive, it was pretty much nothing until you know some mop up stuff against some backups. So, you know, got to be pretty optimistic about that. But this Washington game, man, it is coming up, and I think it is. I think it's still big. I do. I think it's still really big. Yeah. Quick question, real here, real, uh, real quick here. Maze jerseys on Saturday. I think we talked about this. I think so. I think that's what it's going to be. You're, go, I think be all you're going
2: all blue, right? You, you're leaning more towards all blue. I just
1: feel like they they trotted those all blues a lot out a lot to recruits and photo shoots yeah, and man. stuff like that and night game. You know, kind of kind of play the contrast off what the crowd's supposed could to we do could we get and, a to maze
2: top blue bottom.
1: We didn't see that, I don't think, in any photos. Yeah, any yeah, photo yeah I think, so we'll I think see, we did. Man. Did we? I don't know if yeah. I remember seeing that one. Maybe maybe that was out there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I do think they're going to wear one or the other this Saturday. I think it's either going to be
2: all I think we can count awful. on an alternate.
1: Yeah, sounds Save like better. it. Sounds like it. Well, there you have it. Again, you know, condolences. That's probably too strong of a word. Thoughts and <laughs> prayers up to uh To Ronnie Bell just sucks, man. Golly, he was off to such a good start. And now he's done for the year. See what those other receivers can do. Blake Coram, Hassan Haskins looks like a a two-headed monster that you know not a lot of teams have. And I don't know. I don't want to do predictions yet, because we're gonna do that later in the week. Right. But I'm already thinking about that Washington game and what that's gonna look like. The spread is there. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. What do you think, man?
2: I think victory. I got him at the nine wins, man. So I'm sticking. You That's do, what I, yeah. I'm sticking you with
1: that. We will be back on Wednesday. What's our Wednesday segments looking like? Wednesday, what are we going to get into? Wednesday is recapping some topics. I'm going to hit up on the radio. We'll have an opponent preview with somebody from the Washington Sports Illustrated site. Looking forward to that and uh, whatever other shenanigans we get into. You know what to expect at this point. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back on Wednesday.